Welcome to Globe Fodder, a podcast taking you around the world, one episode at a time. My name is Ryan Bleak. I'm sitting across the table with a lovely little blonde girl. What was your name, ma'am? My name is Tyra Bleak. Oh, yes, yes. And how do we know each other? Um, you're my husband. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, and anyway, we are excited to bring you the very first episode, the inaugural episode of Globe Fodder. Woo-hoo! And if I had to describe kind of the format, the vision for Globe Fodder, it's uh, basically giving you an introduction to each country. Like picture a first date, Tyra. Do you remember our first date? Um, I think so. Yeah. Where was it? Uh, bingo hall. There you go. Uh, so I, I actually, you and I are not a great example because, uh, we already knew each other. The point is most first dates, you are kind of getting to know the basics about the other person. Where are they from? Where were they born? How many siblings? What do they do? Etc. And so, uh, for globe fodder, we are trying to give you an introduction to each country and our first country. Do you know which country that's going to be Tara? I do. I do. And which one is it? Afghanistan. Yes, Afghanistan. We are probably going to be going through each country alphabetically. I know that Tyra just gave me the furrowed brow. She doesn't like that Sounds idea. Sounds boring. She does not like that idea, but I like that idea. So we are going to start, at any rate, with Afghanistan. And Tyra, have you ever been to Afghanistan? I have never. Basically, you've got Pakistan in the south and the east, Iran in the west, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, and Tajikistan, a lot of stands, are in the north. And then in the very far northeast, a small border with China. And so the population of Afghanistan was estimated in 2017 to be, what do you think, Tyra? What do you think? 100,000 people. So you think Afghanistan? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It's way more than that. Yeah, it's quite a bit more. Uh, it is uh, 29.2 uh, million. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oops. And uh, so, yeah, as of 2017, Afghanistan is the world's 41st largest country by population, uh, slightly bigger than France and smaller than Burma. And area-wise, area-wise, Afghanistan is the world's 41st largest country, which puts it slightly bigger than France and smaller than Burma. And just to give you a perspective for those of us who are listening from within the U.S., it's about the size of Texas. So turning to the economy, in 2018, the GDP was estimated at $21.6 billion, which per capita only puts it at about $601. So basically $601 per person is what the approximate uh, income is for the, for the country per year, oh, per person God. per year. And just to put it into perspective again, in the U.S., we have a per capita income of about $59,500 per person per year. So to give you uh, just a brief overview of the major cities in Afghanistan, the capital of Afghanistan is Kabul at about 3.3 million people, Kandahar at about 500,000 people, and Herat also a little bit less, but about 500,000, actually closer to 400,000 people. And Tyra, I don't suppose that you can tell us all about the basic geography of the country, can you? (laughs) Never. No? Don't ever ask me any of that, (laughs) those questions. Oh, classic Tyra, (laughs) a.k.a. Tyra Jean Jane Joan John. Um, So the country's highest point 
is Mount Nashok, and I don't know if that's pronounced correctly. Uh, just to give you a, a heads up, dear listener, we are probably going to be uh, butchering quite a few names. Actually, Tyra's probably going to be uh, like a serial killer, like a mass murdering. No, it's not that bad. Uh, oh, come on, Tyra. Okay, no, I'm just giving her a hard time. So anyway, Mount Nashok is about 24,500 feet above sea level. The lowest point in the country is the Zhaozan or Zhao, yeah, Zhaozan province at about 846 feet above sea level. Zhaozan. Zhaozan. And the weather. The weather in Afghanistan is generally pretty dry. It gets very, very hot in the summer and quite uh, cold in the winter. So there's not a ton of variation in Afghanistan as far as the weather goes, except for at elevation, because it's a very mountainous country. So obviously where there are mountains, it gets quite a bit colder, and down in the valley is not quite as cold, but generally a very dry country. It gets hot in the summer, cold in the winter. And to give a brief history of Afghanistan, a 30-second history. Um, Basically, in Afghanistan, humans were living there about 50,000 years ago. It is one of those countries that has changed hands um, across all across history, from Alexander the Great to the Seleucids, the Mongols, the British, then the Soviets, as recently as the 1980s. It has definitely been one of those countries that has just always been invaded by foreign powers. The language of Afghanistan is actually quite varied. So uh, oh. Dari is spoken by 80%. Of residents, uh, Pashto by 47%, Uzbek by 11%, English by 5%. But then there's also there's another six languages that are spoken by 2% or less of the residents. So do most of the people speak several languages? Uh, yes. I, I don't know if it's most of the people, uh, but it's I would, I would say it's a sizable minority, if not a majority of people speak more than one language. Oh, wow. So, Tyra Jean, Jane, Joan, John, if you wanted to fly to Afghanistan, let's say three months from now, it would cost you $1,655 for a flight. And that would mean multiple layovers and 31.5 hours would be your total trip. Oh, my gosh. So, not an easy place to get to. Some of the major tourist attractions, if you were to go and visit take that 31.5-hour flight and actually try to see the sights in Afghanistan. I have to admit for myself, if you were to ask me, hey, off the top of my head before I studied for this podcast, what would a person like to see in Afghanistan? I would know exactly zero places except for maybe the capital, Kabul. Otherwise, no major sights. Would I, I, I know nothing about Afghanistan. Yeah, I would say I don't have a clue. Yeah. So apparently there is one, uh, well, a few pl- cool places. So uh, Takht-i-Rustam is a monastery complex that is south of the town of Haibak, uh, built in the 4th to 5th century. And it's what's interesting about it. So it's a place where they literally carved these caves out of bedrock. Uh, but we're not entirely sure what the purpose of these uh, of these caves are. Um, but we believe that it is a uh, monastery. Another place is the Blue Mosque, which might surprise you is actually red. No, no, it's not. It's blue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got her. Um, so, yeah, I looked at some pictures of this. It's actually quite amazing. So, it's yeah, it's blue, and it's got... I don't know what, what it's actually made out of, um, but it's 
the way that I would describe it, which I don't mean it to be um, condescending or, you know, whatever, but it's kind of like a backsplash. Like, you know how, like, some backsplashes have, like, really elaborate designs and mosaics yeah. with the tiles? Yeah, So if you look at the, uh, the exterior, that's actually what it reminds me of, but different varying shades of blue, different designs. That's kind of what the entire mosque, the outside of the mosque looks like. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks nice. And then, too, if you wanted to switch gears and go more to, like, kind of a natural uh, location, yeah. uh, the Band-E-Amir National Park would be an option, and I looked at pictures of that as well, and it kind of reminds me of what you might see in Arizona, Utah, or N- Nevada, that kind of thing. Okay. Very desert-like. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, pretty, different water feature, you know, sources and whatnot, but also kind of dry, high desert rock formations, that that kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah. So I took a look at uh, a negative TripAdvisor review. Those always kind of make me laugh. Okay. So this was one of the uh, one-star reviews for the Blue Mosque. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was for, like, all of Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That'd be awesome. (laughs) Just a review for the entire country. (laughs) As if you could sum up an entire country in in one review. One star, Afghanistan, Afghanistan, never returning. Yeah, hated it. (laughs) Uh, So this is brought to you by a a reviewer on TripAdvisor, Wine, Dine, and Play. Um, Okay. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes. First of all, the reason why they didn't like it is because... If it's wine, dine, and play, <laughs> they can't drink in Afghanistan. Oh, that's so a, they were probably like that is mad a, the entire time. That is a fair point. And I would say that, you know, wine, dine, and play does not exactly uh, compute in my mind with Afghanistan. <laughs> Afghanistan is not what I picture that type of person enjoying. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. username wine, dine, and play was not a fan of the Blue Mosque. And so in his review of the Blue Mosque, he says, I landed at the Mazir i Sharif airport from Kunduz on the way to Kabul and had a few hours, so I went to the mosque, which was very close to the airport, and it wasn't anything to write home about. The airport was built a few years back by us, the American taxpayers, and whoever designed it did a horrible job as it floods when it rains, LOL. Gotta love our hard-earned tax money at work. Oh, my gosh. I love how his review of the Blue Mosque turned into a, a review of the airport. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, you could be reviewing the Eiffel Tower in Paris, and if you switched to, you know, your opinion on the Charles de Gaulle Airport, I'm sure the Eiffel Tower would not get that great of, of a review yeah. either. Okay, so if you wanted to rent an apartment in the capital of Kabul, what do you think that would run you? Um... 800 sheaves of hay. <laughs> Eight, <laughs> 800 <laughs> sheaves. I'm sorry, how much hay is a sheaf? I have no idea. <laughs> Do you not know put that in there? No, no, 800 sheaves. <laughs> What's a sheave? I don't even know. What's their currency? How can I even say? It's, uh, sheaves of hay. It's <laughs> sheaves of hay. Anyway, no. A, to rent a one-bedroom apartment in the city center of Kabul would run you about $150. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know, right? Whoa. Let's move on over to Kabul. <laughs> do, do the majority of the people that live there, are they renters or do they own... 
Um, Real estate, or you don't know the answer? That is a question. I have no idea what the answer is. Is it a renter's market or a buyer's? Oh, (laughs) let me check Zillow. Let me check Zillow (laughs) for the market value. Okay. Um, so if you wanted to rent a three bedroom apartment in the city center, that's going to run you about $315. So yeah, pretty, pretty cheap. Uh, but don't forget, let's go back to the old uh, GDP. I think it was around $600 for the the, uh, per capita GDP. Okay. So that's kind of a lot of money. Yeah, that's kind of a lot of money. Okay. So let's say that you didn't want to rent an apartment. You just wanted to get an Airbnb. So the average... Night stay can in I, Kabul. Can I guess? Please do. Okay. $11. <sighs> Am I close? Uh, you're closer than, um, you know, the sheaves of hay <laughs> remark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it is a $52 cost is the average cost for a night. For one night? That doesn't night. make sense. Well, okay, but keep in mind, it's not exactly... I'm, well, okay, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm speculating, but I don't think that your average person going on Airbnb for Kabul is a person who lives in Afghanistan. It's probably like a foreign tourist. Who's, who makes more than, than, than these $600? Yeah, I know, but year. they're probably renting out the house for $100 a month, and then they charge 50 bucks, and you get to go stay. Well... Uh, to be fair, I don't know that the houses that they're renting are the same yeah, houses that are I know. being rented out on Airbnb. Anyway, point is, a quite, a, quite affordable vacation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this year, huh? For the desert? Yeah. Great. All right, Afghan celebrities. Ooh. There are not a ton, but one that I found was Zalmai Ara, okay. who is a singer and comedian. Okay. And I really wish that we could play for our audience a, a little snippet, but I'm pretty sure that that might get taken down for a, because of a copyright violation. Oh, you should have like studied it and then you could have sang and Oh, that's right. sounded like him or done a line. I, I think if I tried <laughs> to sing like Zalmaya Ra that might have come across as a teeny tiny bit racist. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that would that would get some good laughs though. Yeah, um, uh, some groans from some folks and some laughs from okay. others. All right. So uh, novels and movies that are set in Afghanistan. Tyra Jean, I'm pretty sure that you listened or that you read this first one, which which is The Kite Runner. Oh, yeah. That's a good book, all you people. By Khaled Hosseini. You should yeah. read it. Yeah. Out of two stars, how many do you give it? A two. Oh, nice. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Two stars out of two from Tyra over there. Um, so, yeah, a Kite Runner, an unforgettable, heartbreaking story of the unlikely friendship, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, apparently it's a pretty good book, according to Tyra Jean. As far as a movie goes, a movie set in Kabul, or excuse me, in Afghanistan, is uh, Rock the Casbah, featuring Bill Murray, made in 2015. And the, te- or the uh, description is, a down-on-his-luck music manager discovers a teenage girl with an extraordinary voice while on a music tour in Afghanistan and takes her to Kabul to compete on the popular television show Afghan Star. Sounds delightful. Do they play that song? Rock the Casbah? Yeah. I know they must, right? They have to. Because otherwise the entire time you're like, I think they're going to play it, they're going to play it. Rock the Casbah. Rock the Casbah. I never even... don't like it. Boo-doo-doo-doo. Yes, that's such a good one to listen to while you're sailing, yeah. actually. 
Oh, it's, yeah. I think everyone's everyone's listened to that song while sailing before. <laughs> yep. We can all relate to that. So recent news, I just Googled Afghanistan in Google News today. And coming up today is the U.S. raises the stakes in Afghanistan from the air. Anyway, it's sadly, it's still a lot of Taliban kind of Afghan war related news. Hopefully... That will change. You know, someday it'd be fun to visit there and not have to worry about all that kind of, all those kinds of stuff. They probably don't have very much tourism because of that. Oh, I'm quite, I'm quite certain. Yeah, that's sad for the country. That is sad. Yeah, it's it's one of those countries um, uh, that they they've got National Geographic articles from I think the 1960s, and you can see these pictures of Af- Afghani's like women and. You know, dresses, skirts, men in suits. It looks. It all looks very, very cosmo- cosmopolitan. Oh, yeah. And now you look at it, and it's a totally different place. Oh, that's sad. All right. We've come to the portion of Globe Fodder where we need to give some love to our sponsor, our very first sponsor. I'm excited. Oh, yes. I know. It's our first episode, and we already have a sponsor. How is that possible? I know. It's amazing. All right. Globe Fodder is brought to you by Transworld Airlines, flying you across the world through the sky. And we've come to the portion of the show for listener mail. I know. Who would have thought that we already have uh, listener mail? It's our very first episode. I know. What? It seems seems impossible. It does, but wow. I'm impressed. I know. And then to top it off, this one is an actual like old-fashioned letter, snail mail. Okay. So let's open it up. Okay. Okay. This one comes in to us from uh, Barack O., And Barack O wants to know, is a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA a better choice for most individuals? Now, uh, Barack O, oh, Tyra, do you have an opinion on that question? I I don't know. Okay. No. So, Barack O, uh, let me just tell you, that is a hard question to answer. It depends on each individual situation. And also, you're trying to predict what your tax rates are going to be in the future because Roth versus traditional is all about tax rates. And so I don't have a great question, a great, excuse me, a great answer for you, Baracko. Other than if your income is low now, you might consider a Roth IRA. If your income is high, you might consider a traditional IRA. But thanks for that question, Baracko. Thanks, Baracko. So Tyra Jean, I am excited to have you talk about the cuisine of Afghanistan. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yummy, 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 yummy food. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. That's my that's my intro. Is that gonna be your intro for every episode? <laughs> yummy, 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 yummy food. All right. Okay, so Afghanistan is largely based their food is largely based on cereals like wheat, maize, barley, rice. They also have a lot of fresh and dried fruits that they incorporate in their diets. Afghanistan is especially known for its pomegranates. They have more varieties of pomegranate trees than anywhere else in the world. Um, It's also known for its grapes and its extra sweet melons. I think the reason why they have so many of these kinds of fruits is because it's such a hot climate. Mm -hmm. And so grapes grow well in that. Melons grow well in that climate. I was thinking, since grapes are such a major crop for them, then they must have, like, great wine tasting or whatever. And so then I look that up and (laughs) come to find out um, drinking is not allowed at all. No, no. It's illegal. 
Most of the grapes are exported. Um, Afghanistan is one of the 16 countries in the world where drinking alcohol beverage of any age is illegal. Oh, 16. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, 16. Well, yeah. So a fact about that is that if you violate it, you can be um, fined, imprisoned, or prescribed 60 lashes with a whip. Ooh. I know. Crazy, right? That is crazy. You get whipped? I guess you would need a drink before that. (laughs) Yeah. No, you can't have it. Okay. So some, some, I don't know, popular things that are in Afghanistan. Um, Most of you maybe know something called Nan, which is, Nan is like, here's what I said. Nan to Afghanistan is like tortillas to Mexico. Okay. They use Nan for everything. Mm -hmm. And so it's... Also, one of their major crops, it's made of wheat or with flour, bread flour, oil, water, sugar. Um, Basically, you kind of just pound out this piece of bread, and then they cook it in this super hot cylinder. Like um, It's almost like a wood-fire brick oven that you would cook a pizza in. Uh And you slap the nan onto this side of the cylinder, and it bakes, and, like, bubbles start to form and, like, kind of get a little hmm. bit charred, and then they peel it off the side, and then they mm. that's that's how they do it. So it's, like, basically a flame in the cylinder, and okay. that's how it's cooked, and it looks delicious. So it's kind of like a bread? Yeah, it's a bread. Okay. Yeah, and then people dip it in, like, um, different... I don't know, their their traditional, I don't know exactly, but and I so know I, that they dip it in all different kinds of sides. Another popular dish over there is called, I think, Kabuli Palau. Um, it's uh, basically a rice, it's a pilaf, um, mm-hmm. but they cook it with raisins, carrots, lamb, um, the rice is with a basmati white rice. Uh-huh. Often people often people think it's like a brown rice, but the way that you cook it is you cook all these onions and the carrots and the raisins, and then um, you you then add the rice and that like colors the rice to be brown, and then after that you add um, your lamb. Okay. Um, and then it's just cooked, and they top it with almonds, raisins. And served. It's like, it sounds simple, but it actually takes a long time. Like one person was like, I try and skip some steps and it still takes me an hour and 45 minutes to prepare this dish, Mm. which is crazy. Yeah. But anyway, so um, if you are a condiment type of person, their good yumminess for dipping French fries is an Afghan green sauce. Huh. Okay, so this is made of different spices. You're going to find like garlic, jalapeno, chilies, um, like a half a cup of parsley, half a cup of cilantro, um, olive oil, lemon juice, and then you just basically blend that all up and people dip their french fries in this. So it's like very, um, you're going to smell aromas of like garlic and lime juice and chilies while you're chili, Mm. while you're dipping your french Uh fries. Okay, so let's talk about some sugar because everybody loves dessert, right? So oh, yeah. Kabuli Jalebi, primarily it's made from gram, which is um, chickpea flour. So they grind up chickpeas, make that into a flour, and then they put it in this, like, um, I don't know, pastry-looking bag, mm. and they swirl this, like, I don't know, it's as if it's frosting into... Okay. into um, hot oil Uh that's like 
you know, going to deep fry it. And so then it comes out as this like swirl cake thing. And then um, they like top it with sugary syrup. And um, I don't know. It's the thing to have there apparently. So that's it. All right. Well, thank you, Tyra, for bringing us uh, all that information about Afghani cuisine. Yum, 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 food. (laughs) And that brings us to the end of our very first episode of Globe Fodder featuring Afghanistan. We thank you for your time and thank you, Tyra Jean, for being here with me. Thank you.